When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Greg Hoffman from Take Command. And the best part about podcasts is they create a 25th hour in the day. Whenever I'm commuting, metro, car, even when I'm riding my bike around town, although in that case, one earphone only, safety kids, I'm always listening to podcasts. And this offseason, you can get all the insights, all the news, all the analysis, and Logan and I occasionally make a joke or two in the Take Command podcast on demand so it fits in to your busy schedule. Follow Take Command in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your pods. It's time to Take Command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's beat reporter Craig Hoffman. Take Command podcast from Odyssey Sports. I am Craig Hoffman. He is Logan Paulson. We apologize for being quote-unquote late this week, but we wanted to be complete. We wanted to be thorough. And so we let training camp or uh, mini camp finish and now a full review podcast of the three days all open to the media, Logan, uh, in which we will seek to answer a couple of key questions. One, did Sam Howell do enough to remain the undisputed QB1, a.k.a. in practice, not have Jacoby Brissett take any reps with the ones when training camp opens in the fall? We'll also take a look at some of the key skill position guys and then a larger look at the defense. That's the schedule for the pod today. And Logan, let's start with the quarterback play. You actually went back and charted all three practices and let's just start kind of big picture. What are some things yeah. that you noticed um, key trends uh, for what reputationally was an up and down week for Sam Howell. And I think a solid week for Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, I think that's kind of what I thought too, you know, like um, before I charted it, like, cause like when you're watching, you're like, Oh, that's kind of a weird throw or that's kind of this. And when you go back and chart it, you're like, man, he's been like crazy efficient on like the shorter like quick game stuff and the intermediate stuff so like uh, five step drop three step drop screens that type of stuff they kind of had like a you know like a fake rpo in there completed that but when you look at that on the chart you're like that is really good it's 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 very high completion percentages he's getting the ball where it needs to go he's getting that ball out on time the thing that i was a little surprised when looking at the practices after kind of going through all of it was that when the ball is getting pushed down the field, he seems to have a harder time with that stuff. Now, the coverage hmm. is tight, all that kind of thing, but like in terms of delivering shots down the field in a team setting, so like team blitz, team pass, it's just not as clean. Like um, I think he threw an interception on the second day where he probably should have thrown the dig. There was a, there was a big corner basically kind of clearing out coverage, and there was a dig. He, he kind of forced the corner. Um, and you're kind of like, why'd you do that? There was an, uh, the interception that he had the day before. He kind of tried to force it down the seam. It bangs off someone's helmet, get, gets picked off. And so when you kind of went back through all of his interceptions, even from OTAs, they're all of that kind of stuff where it's like, it's a little late in the down. He's pushing the ball where it doesn't need to push. And he doesn't anticipate the deep ball with the same dexterity that I kind of had in my mind, right? He was really, really good, short, intermediate stuff. And then the deeper stuff was a little bit um, – not that he didn't do that because, again, like in 7-on-7, seven seven, for example, 
He had a beautiful ball to Cole Turner in Tampa 2 that's a little bit behind, but kind of right where it needs to be, and Cole drops it. Not Cole's fault. It would have been a tough catch, that kind of thing. But So he has shown flashes of that. But I'd say on the whole, he struggled a little bit more with those lower percentage throws, pushing the ball down the field. So that's super interesting because it fits some of what I think most of us took out uh, just watching it live, being there but not necessarily all of it. Um, definitely the quick game stuff, which you almost take for granted because it's right. so quick. It's so efficient. It's just like, okay, well that next play got it. Um, <laughs> but that's going to be a huge part of their offense. So like, yeah. you can just, Oh yeah, that's, that's good. Next play. Yeah. Let's, let's do that all the way down the field. And then you get right. in the red zone and you got to execute uh, or you hit a big one and, and cool. Um, where I felt like he struggled from what I've been able to see in the two practices I went to and, and talking to obviously fellow beat reporters uh, that have been out there uh, for all of it is some of the stuff over the middle. You know, we had discussion of whether his height is actually a factor because it seemed like when he got into seven on seven, that stuff was a little bit better. And, and maybe the offensive line, he just hasn't figured out the windows yet. So there's there's like all that kind of I don't want to call it narrative because like it's stuff we saw. Um, yeah. It's just mm -hmm. when you're able to go back and watch the film, you're able to see it better, clearer, more context. You know, you chart it, you kind of start to see some trends emerge on paper that maybe you miss because um, you're you're trying to string things together just in your head. Um, so I, I think that's interesting because it did feel like when he pushed the ball down the field, like that was some of his better stuff, but mm. maybe that was more seven on 70, less team, you know, what, you know, and is that even accurate once you chart it out or is that just, you know, certain plays taking up more space in your mind than others that, you know, when you kind of even them out on paper, it's, it's actually a more even performance. I definitely think it's the latter there. I think, cause like when you're watching, you're like, Oh wow. You know, and I was the same, I did the same thing, you know, and that's why I was surprised by what I charted. You know what I mean? I was like, Oh, like, you know, he's been excellent at this. And you kind of go through and you're like, it actually isn't been like that great. And I, I think it's also important to give it some context. Like those throws, you know, league wide, excuse me, are a little bit more like lower percentage, right? You're going to hit 50%. Right. And so the big ones, you're like, wow, that's great. You know, like, for example, on um, on Monday or Tuesday this week, he overthrows Terry McLaurin, right, on a go where he beats Emmanuel Forbes badly, like just misses, right? Next play to Jahan kind of overthrows again and it tight, tight tight coverage but you're like you don't kind of put those in the box of like deep throws but those are deep throws and you kind of remember the big ones that he hits but he also has some misses and those are lower percentage throws so his percentage is going to be worse there and that's totally totally fine and to be expected it's interesting the thing about the middle of the field because i do feel like there are times where he doesn't see the middle of the field unless it's like a big receiver and that's like logan thomas has been pretty good over the middle of the field for him but Logan Thomas is like six, seven. So, you know, like he can see that guy he can make those throws. Also their connection. We're going to talk about this more later has been amazing. It's been totally on point. So that's been really cool to see, but I, I, I definitely think the stuff where it's like, we're, we're, we're attacking underneath space was better in the analysis and it should be better because it's a higher percentage throw, but it just kind of jumps out to you a little bit more definitively. And again, when he's, he just seemed a little bit more, deliberate i guess is the word a little bit more delayed like he had to see it as opposed to trusting the ball and getting it to where it needs to go where i felt like that's where jacoby did a pretty good job of that but jacoby's also holding the ball for a very very long time to get there you know and so it's um i kind of subtract points for jacoby's throws down the field sometimes because they're a little bit too long and i feel like sam you know again kind of had some misses down there that you know and misreads i kind of i put i put it all in the same pile misthrows, misreads, all that kind of stuff, at least how I 
identify them. So, um, but I think overall over these, I think the first day was a little rough, but going back and watching, it wasn't as rough as I originally thought. Um, but he down, the, down the field, I was a little surprised, not as good as I had kind of intuited to start. Um, something that I think is worth pointing out and kind of underscoring again here is that, you know, you get in some of these specific periods and they're working on certain things and you might call if you're the enemy six straight dropbacks, that's never going to happen. Correct. Year. And so this is where, like, I've come out of this spring. My big takeaway is the most, and it, this really isn't a change. Like the most important thing is the enemy. Um, but the, it, it just, it becomes even more apparent how key the play calling is. Cause there's certain yeah. stuff that Sam executes an extremely high level. And if he just calls that stuff as, as often as he can, then I feel like they could be decent on offense uh, or maybe even hold your breath. Good. Uh, and then, you know, on the other side of it, he's got some stuff that's much higher risk. And if they put all that on Sam's plate, like they, they could be in trouble. But I, I think you even got to see it was, it was the day I was out there. So it was Wednesday, how some of the play calling comes into it. I mean, yeah. they, they got a screen like 80 yard touchdown yeah. on a screen play in one of the team periods that, you know, they've been working different stuff and all of a sudden they throw it in there. They hit the the timing just right. They hit the misdirection. And, and next thing you know, was it Gibson? Uh, yeah. No, it wasn't. Or yeah, maybe it was Gibson. Gibson. It was Gibson. Yeah. He's out like 80 yards, truly not practice out. Not like, oh, that's cute. The running back did the running back in training camp thing where he runs all the way, no matter how yeah. many people would have tackled him. He was out. Yeah. And so if you can set that stuff up well, then go execute it. Again, I think this offense has a ton of potential, but these specific drill settings, I think, underscore how important the play calling is and to make sure that you give the quarterback the stuff that he's good at and that can execute it consistently at a high level. And it's also important to that to that end that the shot plays are usually off of some type of play action, you know, and in these periods, like because they're not running the football, they're not even, you know, it's like a token fake, basically, and everyone knows it that the windows in the back end are really, really tight. And I think um, I expect them to be looser as they game plan, as they prep, as they coach routes to beat specific coverages. And those shot plays will kind of open up a little bit and become higher percentage throws because that's what they did in Kansas City. Um, also, I think to the screen thing, that was awesome. That play was great. They had another one that they hit on Tuesday, kind of to B-Rob. was also a big play. Um, that's team blitz. And so – you know, it kind of goes both ways. You know, it's blitz if we call a screen and we hit it versus this cover. That's what you want. You want screens versus blitzes. Um, but they got it hit perfectly. You know, Sam Cosby's running down the field. Uh, Sadiq Charles is running down the field. You see the athleticism of those guards. You see guys, uh, the left tackle, I think it was Leno, how they block it to get to make to ensure that the defensive end's not pursuing to the football. Gates, you know, does a great job kind of capturing the three technique like the coaching is so high there so yeah i definitely think it's the sequencing of plays is huge the execution of plays is huge and i think the the efficiency of sam howell is definitely correlated or related to that because one of the reasons he's so efficient underneath is because guys are running better routes the concepts are better the windows are better and they're tight windows and tight throws and he's done a great job of getting the ball there so um you know i i like what sam's done and i think that was the other thing when i went back and charted the throws you realize like how efficient he's actually been and how on time he's actually been. And those things are, are important to me in my evaluation of a guy who could potentially be the starter. So 
Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, situationally, um, I know they worked on some of that stuff, especially on Thursday. Fortier was on the, the radio show with me and said that it was wildly up and down for Sam through a couple of interceptions and then through like three straight touchdowns. How did he look situationally, third down periods, red zone periods? Yeah, so I actually thought there was some really good stuff that he did in the red zone. Um you know, again, the timing's important. It is red zone. You know, you're not going to run the football. Coverage windows are small. Um, I thought the first interception was not his fault at all. I thought it was entirely on Kemp. Um, and I'm not because, you know, Kemp's had a pretty good last couple of days. So I don't want it to be like, oh, everyone kill Kemp. Like he's had a good couple of days and him and uh, Sam seem to be developing a rapport. Like, for example, just to kind of show you what Kemp's been able to do on the first day. So Tuesday, you know, he has a route versus um, Emmanuel Forbes and just kind of big bodies him, you know, like throws him by on a stop. Forbes almost falls down. Easy catch for a first down. You love that from your big receiver. Um, in the red zone, however, he's running a crossing route. Percy Butler's cutting the crossing route, and I think he felt like it was zone. Like they're in some type of match coverage. To me, it plays like man. You know, it, it, like we, t- we had this conversation with um, – uh, with Matt Ryan, right? How it kind of it's zone, but it really is man, and that's kind of what he fell into there. And he should have kept running, and he sat down and Percy. Mm-hmm. And so instead of throwing the ball, he's throwing the ball to a spot because I think he's ex- yeah. you know versus man coverage on those crossing routes, you got to keep going. Versus zone, you sit down. So Sam read it as man, Kemp read it as zone. Kemp sat down. He throws the ball. He throws the ball literally right to Percy Butler for an interception. So to me, wildly inconsistent. Whatever. Like that, yeah, the that, results that is, are inconsistent, but you know, that's, that's why we go deeper on it to say like, okay, well, Sam actually plus, plus their good throw, good read, uh, yeah. throws with anticipation. The problem is when you throw with anticipation, sometimes, uh, the receiver doesn't do what you anticipate. And sometimes it's their fault because they should have. Yeah. And I'm, I'm assuming that's what the receiver should do. I don't know for sure. Just based on other offenses. I think that's right. His second interception, however, I thought, um, to Troy Apke, I thought it was his fault, and it reminded me a lot of the interception he had in the Dallas game. I think he's getting used to kind of defensive back speed. So what I mean by that is they had like a corner or some type of uh, kind of, you know, sail route to the back pylon. And instead of just putting that thing high and like where only his guy could get it, he kind of sailed it back there, kind of like he did against Dallas, you know, where he kind of mm-hmm. put it up to Cam, Cam Sims on the corner. There's a guy underneath. He's trying to get it over the top, but you got to put a little bit more velocity on in the red zone. So Apke kind of runs back under it, makes a pick. I think that's on Sam. I think he's got to kind of develop in that skill set. And another thing I would say is a couple of plays later, he gets Curtis Hodges um, running basically like a high cross. So he starts on the left side of the formation, running high across to the back pylon. They kind of, yep, they pin the coverages down to the other side. Everyone's running stops. The throw is there. Um, Logan Thomas had a touchdown on this against um, the LA Chargers two years ago. Same kind of concept it's open. And instead of kind of delivering that throw, we just talked about kind of, you know, fast and high and give your guy a shot. Cause all that space is there gets a little gun shy, pulls it down, scrambles to the left for a no play. So I would give him a minus there. Cause I'm like, I think if you want to be an NFL quarterback, 
you know, in in, in a red zone situation, that's a throw. I think you got to give your guy a shot there. And now that's my opinion. I would tell him that to his face if he asked me about it, but he might say, Hey man, we're not coaching it like that. We're coaching a different read. And I'd be like, totally fine. But when I look at that, I say that throw, that little kind of that dart um, over the top throw, that's got to get up and down really quick. He seems to be having a hard time with that. He had a hard time with it last year. He's a young player still. He'll get better. Um, so to me, I'd say overall more bad than good because some of the bad wasn't his fault. Yeah. Uh, more good than bad, you meant to say. Yeah, more yeah, more good than bad. What, you know what I mean. Yeah. More good than yeah, bad. Yeah, I did. I just want to clarify because now, in case anyone wants to twist it, uh, and of course, I'm going to twist it. your... I'm going to twist your words and just say you're you're biased. You want more tight end touchdowns. I do. I that's want all, more tight end touchdowns. That's all you I want. Do. You just want that's your really guy what, That's to... really the the crux of it. I mean, he had a touch. <laughs> Curtis had a touchdown yesterday. Logan had a touchdown yesterday. Bates had one. Come on, we got to get those guys the ball more. So they're you know they're yeah. doing a great job. So yeah. Um. So let's answer the fundamental question real quick, and then we'll get on to uh, one of the tight ends, Logan uh, Thomas, and then some of it, what Antonio Gibson did. But if you're Ron Rivera and you're opening training camp, you know, they do have one more practice next week, but it's one practice, whatever you get to training camp day one in July is Sam getting all of the one reps. Or are you starting to hedge your bets and give Jacoby any one reps? And I, I think I know which way you're leaning. I know what Ron said, but yeah. did, in your opinion, did Hal do enough to remain QB one without any competition? Yeah, so I think before <clears throat> before I went back and looked at it, I was kind of like, uh, you know, maybe been a little up and down. But after I went through and charted everything, hundred percent, like he deserves yeah. it. Like uh, he's been he's been efficient again. He's thrown picks, he's made mistakes, he's a young player, but the talents there, the arm talents there, the releases there, the way he's reading stuff is is pretty good, man. Like he and he's making some plays. Like he made a really nice play. I think it was, yeah, it was uh, Wednesday where he kind of rolls to his left on a sprint option and Logan Thomas. So it's a three by one. So there's three receivers to the side he's rolling to Logan Thomas is running an out and the other two guys are running goes and the coverage is perfect. There's no throw Logan Thomas stops. And then he kind of opens his shoulder and delivers just a total strike to Logan Thomas in the soft spot of the zone. And it was a heck of a throw. And so he's, he's had enough of those kind of splash plays and he makes the, he makes hard stuff look easy on some of this underneath stuff. And so I, I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. And if I'm Ron, I'm betting on that potential. I'm betting yeah. that, oh, he doesn't make that same mistake in the red zone. He's not going to force that football there. Or we can game plan throws open for him a little bit better than this when the team doesn't know that it's team pass. You know, so I, I think um, looking at that, um, I, I think um, I think he deserves that opportunity. And, and, I, and it's also because Jacoby, again, I have – some reservations about how he's been playing the position. Like he's done a really good job. He's a good football player, but he holds the ball a little longer than I'd like him to on some concepts. And is that his fault all the time? Absolutely not. But I like the rhythm and timing with which Sam is playing. And so I want to see more of that. And I, I'm, I'm sure Ron feels the same way. He does. That is what he said. Um, his answer was uh, a less descriptive version, as you'd imagine. He's a head coach. You're a podcaster, at least in your current form. Um, sorry to reduce you to just being yeah, a podcaster. Yeah, just a podcaster. Uh, in, in your current form here on this, you know, podcast. Um, but his answer was very similar. You know, I, he's done enough. He's he's going to be our guy. And I actually, I regret the way I worded the question, because when I say without competition, it is still a competition, yeah, right? Yeah. And it's it's just like if they're running a race, Sam got a head start. If he stumbles and falls down or runs super slow and Jacoby takes off and, and is able to perform at a super high level, Jacoby would catch and pass him. That's that's how races work. Yeah. But they've run either the same speed or Sam's run even perhaps based off what you just said, a little bit better 
And so Sam has maintained that lead and, and thus uh, it's still a competition. He can still trip and fall. Um, Jacoby can still pull, you know, do something amazing and have, you know, a couple great weeks. And maybe they're like, man, this guy's awesome. We need to, we need to start him. Yeah. But realistically, um, the most likely outcome from the, the, the prognosticators is that Sam will open the season as QB one. And, and that's the outcome. I think everybody would like to see, except for maybe Jacoby Brissett, but even Jacoby knows the score. Like, yeah, he, he knows, and, he knows what he signed up for. And I also think like, that's why you have like that joint practice with Baltimore. Yep. Like again, circle that sucker on your calendar. Cause if Jacoby comes out, and is dealing because he's seen it before. He knows what that's going to look like. And Sam is sputtering a little bit. Cause again, like while our defense is good and they've been playing great in this period. And I think that's really forced Sam to elevate his game. It's not going to be anything like what they're going to see in Baltimore. And so how does he handle kind of prepping for a new team game planning for a new team um, in these different practice situations? And, and I think Jacoby's going to have a little bit of a leg up there. And again, Jacoby's done a good job. I just think Sam's yeah. been a little bit, cleaner with some of the stuff so um yeah it'll be really interesting it'll be really interesting to see that, that training camp that, that joint practice some of the preseason stuff so i tend to think that after those practices rivera will officially name the starter i kind um, of doesn't it feel that way kind of there's no way. reason to do it beforehand right um and afterwards there's kind of no reason to wait that is the spot you know that's that's the piece of data that you're waiting for you get it you name the starter you move on <laughs>